Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I'm joined by the deadly one, Nightshade. I can't say that with a straight face, even though I really want to for dramatic effect. But how are you doing today? <laughs> Hello. I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic to be catching up with you. I think it's been about two years. I think somewhere around there, but you know, you've done a lot since then, which we'll get into in a bit, but I kind of wanted to first touch upon your nickname, the one that I had trouble saying in a serious manner, because you're just a ball of joy in real life. (laughs) But first of all, kind of what makes Nightshade so deadly? Oh, when she's in the ring, she is just completely deadly. You need to watch out because... Her style is just deadly. She holds nothing back. And even though it is so opposite to my character and my actual persona in real life, it Nightshade is really, truly the deadly one. I know. And kind of taking a closer look at that, how and when did you kind of, uh, you've always had like a a darker aesthetic. I mean, the name Nightshade is kind of indicative of that to begin with, but do you kind of have an origin story to the Deadly One nickname of how and when you kind of adopted that? So I always was called Nightshade and Deadly Nightshade goes hand in hand. Like the plant is literally deadly. And if you eat its berries, it will poison you. So I always wanted to encounter the word deadly and include it in my in-ring name and my persona. And I thought about having my actual name as Deadly Nightshade, but I thought it's a bit too long. It's a bit long-winded. So I just thought the deadly one, Nightshade, is pretty deadly. So I thought it worked perfectly. Pun intended to love that tag team pretty yeah. deadly, by the way. But you know, kind of talking about stories, I know last year was not your first time going to Japan. You know, you've taken a few trips around there, 2019, 2020, I believe it was. But talking about your most recent one last October, do you have any main takeaways from your experience and firstly just working in Japan in general? Japan is such an awesome place, and I feel so lucky that I've been able to go out there to wrestle because it was always, always a bucket list place, holiday-wise, personally, and professionally to wrestle. So it was amazing to be able to do them both at the same time. So when I went last was my second tour in Japan for Tokyo Joshi. And it was just so exciting. I mean, the first time was incredible, but I think going the second time around, I was a little bit more prepared of what to expect. I understood a bit more about adjusting to the time difference. And I also went out there with my one of my tag team partners, part of the uprising, Rhea O'Reilly. So it was really great to have her by my side, especially in our big tag team match that we had at the Tokyo Dome City Hall, which was crazy. Another bucket list bucket list venue for me i know that has to be so i'm i'm very jealous of it i feel like japan is just everyone wants to go there and i saw you posted to some of the sites you got to see and kind of talking about kind of the adventure side of it what when you did have time to explore what aspects of japan have kind of stood out to you i was very lucky i actually especially the second time around i had a lot more time off and the time that we had went, it actually wasn't open yet to tourism. 
still after COVID. So it was only open to people either working in Japan or studying in Japan. That was the only way you were able to get into the country. So it was really great to see it a little bit quieter than the first time I'd gone and to feel a bit more comfortable there. And I just, I love everything about Japan. I love the culture. I adore the food. I absolutely love Japanese food. And there's always so much going on. There's so much hustle and bustle. And it's just such an interesting, exciting place to be. Now, you gave me a perfect segue because I wanted to bring up food because I'm a big foodie myself. Was there any kind of particular dish or snack that you enjoyed there that you're unable to get back in home in the UK? Tell us about your food adventure in Japan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge foodie as well. I absolutely love my food and I love trying new things, which was very interesting to me in Japan, trying a load of new dishes that I'd never heard of and never got the opportunity to try before. I can't off the top of my head think of anything that I was obsessed with that you can't get over here, but so much of the food you can't get over here in England, and I can imagine it's quite the same in the States, um, especially not to that authentic sort of level. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to food. Like, I love fine dining, going to a nice restaurant, but then I also really enjoy, like, going to the 7-Eleven and getting little Japanese snacks. <laughs> I'm curious, what were some of the snacks that you had over there? So a really popular snack, I think it's called onigiri, and it's like rice, it's usually in the shape of a triangle, and it's in like every single 7-Eleven, all the family marts, like you can get them everywhere. And I saw lots of people eating them. So it's like a little triangle of rice, and they're wrapped in seaweed on the outside. And they have different flavours on the inside. So they have like a tuna mayo one, um, which was, was one of my favourites. They had like a salmon one. I think they had like a sweet plum inside of one. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like this square. And because it's rice, it was really filling. And you open it in a specific way to take the wrapper off without damaging the seaweed on the outside. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it was very tasty, but it was just also, like, quite a basic snack. Yeah. Like, nothing crazy about it, no, like, crazy flavours, just, like, rice, a little filling, and some seaweed on the outside. But it, but it's interesting, because, like, obviously, you know, we don't have that in our 7-Eleven here. We have, um like, our, our you know, it's going to be Slurpee Day coming up, 7-Eleven, haha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of like you know you have your your alcohol, your drinks, your snacks. Um, I don't know if we have. I don't think they have like that's not like a sandwich, but it's like it seems like more real food than what would be in a Seven Eleven. If that even makes, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It seems kind of like actual food as opposed to yeah. snacks. <laughs> yeah, we don't have anything quite like that in in our Seven Elevens. I'm trying to envision it. I don't think and so. There's definitely no, like, slushy machines. Oh. There's no, like, big gulp machines or anything yeah. like that. It's just yeah. all bottles in the, fr in the fridges. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 7-Eleven actually had such good food. Like, I would, there was one right around the corner from my hotel. Mm -hmm. So I had there, like, every single day. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. even had these fresh, like, bowls with like you could get either noodles or rice and they'd have like chicken and vegetables and salmon and they had microwaves in the 7-eleven see too. that's like an actual like real food 
Like, yeah, America could never. <laughs> We're. <laughs> we just we love our snacks I guess I want to go there just to see that man yeah it was really cool and they would always ask you if you wanted them to heat up your food for you yeah so it was like really like substantial meals and they were really affordable and I think this is the reason I ate so much yeah out of the convenience stores because it was great on time Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time I was actually going around sightseeing by myself so I find when you're alone, sitting at a restaurant to have a little meal to yourself, it's a little bit awkward. Yeah. So I would go to like a convenience store and get one of these like fresh kind of bowls. Um, and they also have a lot of pastas too in the 7-Eleven. Like they have little bowls of like like a little spaghetti bolognese or some sort of pasta dish. It's, it's like a low-key actual restaurant. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. You know, kind of we were talking about America. I don't think this was your first time to the states but can you tell us about your trip to new york city last year and kind of your experience there yeah of course so it was my second time to america so for the first time i actually went for my 21st birthday and i went to vegas what a you went to the casino you know that's (laughs) that's a great way to spend your 21st birthday it was awesome it was awesome i have so many fun memories so this time it was for my sister's birthday that we arranged this trip to New York. And New York has always been a place I've always wanted to go. And so is my sister. So we had so much on the itinerary. We actually made a full-on schedule of every single day of our holiday, which is so unlike us. Because usually we just go with the flow and we're really spontaneous. But we decided with so much that we wanted to do and all the sightseeing and all the amazing places to go, if we didn't actually make a schedule, we wouldn't have done any of it. (laughs) And it also came in handy for pre-booking a lot of tickets and actually being organized, which is unlike me. Um, But I loved going to New York. I, uh, it was maybe one of the best holidays like in my life. Yeah. I've only, again, much like you, I've been to New York once, but it was for less than a day. Luckily, I had friends who had been there before, so they kind of led me around everywhere, and it was so cool, but also so strange and kind of not a culture shock, but it's just, like, so fast-paced that I'm, like, not used to. Um, So kind of what were some of the things on your itinerary that you, like, thoroughly enjoyed? So the first day we got there, I actually went the day after landing back from Japan. Yeah. So I was really messed up, like really messed up. And my flight from Japan, I had to fly from Japan to England Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a direct, it was a connecting flight. So I think it was like 22 hours or 24 hours or something. And then I slept in the airport and then at 7am the next day, my sister joined me and we flew to New York. So it was like a crazy couple of days of traveling and I didn't even know what time it was. But the first day we booked a little boat, um, a little boat trip on the Hudson River. Yeah. And we got to see the Statue of Liberty and it was during sunset. Oh, yeah. So we didn't have the best view actually of the sunset. But as it got dark, you saw the beautiful lights lighting up the city. And it was so nice to see it go from like day to night Mm -hmm. and seeing the Statue of Liberty so close up on the boat and having that lovely that lovely breeze from the water and the air. It was just 
absolutely beautiful and they were so informative on the tour they had a little microphone and they were telling us yeah. to look over here and look over there and I think it was actually one of the best ways to start off the trip yeah I think so too I feel like my, I don't know if you went there but my favorite part was the Brooklyn Bridge we went on it at night like you can literally like you can walk across it you can bike across it I saw it at night so like the whole city was like light up like all the skyscrapers were like there was like rainbow lights and it's over like the river too. And it was just like absolutely amazing. Um, obviously you had a more extensive trip than I did, but that's got to be such a fun experience for you. And hopefully we get you back over here in the States soon. Man. Yes. I would love to come over and actually wrestle because I've never wrestled in America no. before. So I would absolutely love to. And whilst I was there, I actually got to see Becca. Becca, yeah, I was just thinking of her. star sensation of Becca. She was talking, uh, uh, the last time I chatted with her, she brought you up because, you know, she's gone over there and, you know, she said so many great things about you. So I was like, I mean, uh, that right there, Becca, got to get you over here in the States somehow. Got You got to tell her to hook you up here, okay? Oh my God, yes, <laughs> definitely. Definitely, that would be so fun. And it was amazing to see her in New York. Like, we yeah. met at Times Square and we went for food together and she brought her friend and her and my sister really got along so it's just really lovely yeah. and to spend time with someone outside of wrestling I think it's always really valuable so much is going on on a show day it's such a crazy hectic day and a lot of the time you only really speak to like the people that you're team with or the people that you're wrestling or like the promoter and it's, it's quite sad really because there's so many wrestlers that I absolutely love and adore and never really get the chance to spend any quality time with so it was amazing to meet up with Becca on holiday and it was a real highlight of the trip yeah and kind of you know you traveling has been obviously a huge part of your growth your resume has grown a lot since the last time I talked to you like like I said you've traveled a bunch you've also racked up a few championships but kind of how else I want to say in the last two years I would say how else do you think that you've grown as a person and as a competitor kind of within the last time I spoke with you yeah there definitely has been a lot of growth I can't believe it was two years ago it's crazy to think um, but I feel like I'm just feeling a lot more confident within myself, both personally and as a wrestler. And I think that's a really nice place to be. I mean, I'm constantly trying to improve and constantly trying to better myself and become better, again, both professionally and personally. But I know when it comes to wrestling, you never stop learning. There's always things that you can improve on. And there's definitely a lot that I could I could improve on. But I just feel really confident and kind of happy in my own skin, which is very difficult to get to that sort of place. I just feel really happy that I'm feeling that way. And I think you often, it's very easy to compare yourself in this sort of industry. And you see people doing really well. And of course, you're so happy for them. And you see people with so many different wrestling styles and different wrestling abilities and different looks and different personas and different gimmicks. And it's so easy to start comparing yourself to what is traditionally successful or where you might want to go. So I just feel very comfortable with my own skin. I feel like I've really embraced my differences. 
kind of in that same vein, we do what's called a watch list feature here. So kind of talking about performances that you're really confident and, and proud of, has there been a particular match or moment of yours that stands out that you feel really proud of and why so far in your career? Yeah, definitely. So I think I'd already had this match when we last spoke, but I wrestled Mercedes Martinez yes. at her And that has forever since that match it's always been a moment I've been proud of and she was someone I looked up to so highly always wanted to meet always wanted to wrestle and to have the opportunity at Eve a promotion that I've always loved always been obsessed with always wanted to work for was just such a incredible moment and I'm also really happy with how the match came came across and I was just so happy and proud of it and I always have been. Another one a lot more recently, it was my first RCW championship defence. So I hold the title in RCW Spain, which is my first international title. Um, so my first defence was, was against Takumi Iroha and so wrestling uh, a really uh, incredible Japanese wrestler and I was very nervous and I was just really, really happy with the entire experience and the match and the outcome. And also very happy to retain. So. I, was about to, I was about to ask the outcome. <laughs> I would assume that you would have retained it. But no, it's kind of, you know, it's incredible to see the growth that you've had and kind of as you continue to build your resume, you know, you've branched outside of the UK, Japan, uh, you haven't wrestled in the US, but you know, you've been across Europe a few times. Are there any other certain competitors outside of the UK scene? Um, you've already worked with Becca, so you can cross her off. Um, but anybody outside of the UK that you hope that you get a chance to work with and why? There are a lot of people on my list internationally. I, I'm i the most familiar with the UK independent scene. Yes. Because I'm always keeping my eye on it. I'm yeah. always watching all of the shows, keeping up with all the promotions Like I know and have worked the majority of the girls now in the UK. So my knowledge isn't as extensive when it comes to elsewhere, but there are definitely a lot of people from the States on my on my list. Um, yeah, definitely. And also in Japan, I nice. would love the opportunity to go back to Japan. I would really love to wrestle Arja Kong or even oh, yeah. just have some sort of um, segment or promo or just anything, yeah. anything with her. Um, of course, like Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks. Yeah would just be like incredible and I'm so happy and like proud of her just absolutely dominating the scene right now and like being so so incredible she said she was on a world tour and there is there oh. is a little event coming up in London so oh. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited for all of the opportunities England has right now like with Money in the Bank coming to London and AEW coming to London it is going to be such a great summer over I'm here. so jealous I want to go see you guys so much they're so expensive though the flights 
Oh my gosh, even the tickets are really expensive. Yeah. But you know, kind of, you know, we've reflected on your career and kind of looking kind of forward though, you know, obviously we hope you can make it back to the States, make it back to Japan, but what else are you hoping to accomplish personally and professionally in the next year or so? I would really love to take on a lot more of the European scene. I think there's such a great scene in Europe. And if I could wrestle a lot more around Europe and places I haven't done and places I haven't wrestled, that's something at the moment is really one of my my immediate goals for definitely Europe. And obviously um, getting some more tag team gold for the uprising, you know. One of wrestling's most chaotic, but also brooding stables. Like, I don't know how to explain it. You guys are also kind of like like mysterious but also chaotic at the same time obviously you know that includes yourself sky smithson livy grace and like you mentioned Rhea o'reilly but talking about the name uprising itself to me it kind of has some connotations that you're trying to take over something or take over someone maybe i'm just thinking of the muse song uprising um but what else what does the uprising name mean to you and your stable mates To me, it definitely is about taking over. It's about taking over tag team divisions. It's about, and not even all women divisions. For me, the uprising is just about infiltrating any company we possibly can, any promotion we possibly can, and taking on literally anything. Like we will take on any opponent, anywhere, anytime. And I think that the uprising is just literally rising up and up and up so it's the perfect the perfect name for us although it is we are a very chaotic stable definitely yeah you're like (laughs) Like mysterious but also chaotic at the same time it's like it's it's intriguing it's fascinating but because you know have very different personalities i know very different characters yeah, and, and I feel like you get to bounce a lot of each other's energy and ideas off of each other. So, I mean, I believe Rhea O'Reilly is the most veteran, yeah, performer in the group. Um, yeah. So, but kind of, can you tell me something that you've learned or adopted from each of your fellow Uprising members? Oh, that is such an interesting question. I feel like with Rhea, she makes me more she's so loud she's such a loud mouth she makes me come out of my shell and be a bit more gobby and with sky i think i with sky she's just i find it so difficult not to laugh because she's there doing her air guitar like having an absolute blast like just literally living her best life and I, she just cracks me up. And I think she brings the fun side out of Nightshade yeah. a little bit more. Because Nightshade can be very serious, very aggressive. You know, she kind of brings out a bit more of a fun, softer side. And with Livy, I think when me and Livy are together, it's just pure, like, domination. We're both very angry people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you just gel together really well. And obviously, kind of even before you joined Uprising, your your gear overall was very dark. It also felt kind of 
witchy in a sense to me so i am very curious to know where do you draw inspiration from when kind of visualizing or crafting your gear pieces what would you say are kind of your general sources of inspo behind your gear oh i absolutely love getting new gear and getting new gear made and thinking about gear designs like it's always something that has been so interesting to me ever since i was younger and i first discovered wrestling one of the things that really drew me in was that um, amazing spectacle of the performers, like the outfits and the costumes and the staging, the lighting and like the WrestleMania entrances. Like that is something that I was always, always have been, always will be, be blown away with. So when it came to gear, I feel like it took me quite a long time to find my look. I feel like it took me a little while to try different things out and explore different different things but for me I always wanted to look a little bit different to other wrestlers I always wanted to have a bit of a certain style and I find like all of my outfits are like the same but different yeah and that's what I like the most like having the same cups like I've really found like my one piece that I love that works and how I have the little lacing coming down the front and the flames I love the flame design And I feel as though my first set of gear, it was a lot less common for people to have flames on their outfits. And I also thought having the sleeves was also just something a little bit different. Like a lot of wrestlers have straps or strappy things and they often have their entire arms exposed. So I felt like it was just something that was a little bit different and a bit more, hopefully a bit more recognisable. So if you see like the cut of my outfit, I I like to think that it's a bit recognizable that it's my outfit. Yeah. And that the style wise, I've always drawn my own outfits and then sent them to like the designer or the gear maker. So I've always come up with like everything myself. Of course, some gear makers put tweaks on it or suggest make suggestions. But I've always wanted to be very much in in control of my look. Like my entrance piece, the big sleeves that I wear was something that I literally like drew and designed myself. And I went to like a couture fashion designer to get them made instead of like a wrestling maker. Because I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be something that like wasn't a piece that you'd see on like lots of different other wrestlers, you know? And I wanted it to be made not of wrestling material, of like this netting that was mm-hmm. see-through and reflective and would like bounce the light off and and just be really dramatic. Have you always been an artsy person or just is it just drawing that you're kind of you found that you're really good at? I have always been quite creative. And uh, I did a lot of art at school yeah. and my like when I stayed on after school, I did all like artistic subjects. Mm-hmm. So for my A-levels, I did art and design and photography. So I've always, I've always been more on the kind of creative path. So I think that definitely helps having a sort of like vision. Yeah. And, and kind of when it comes to your couple different crown pieces that you wear out to the ring, I know you have the rose piece there's another kind of gold one as well can you give us a little bit more insight into the process of creating and putting those crown pieces together yeah so with my head pieces most of them have been already made pieces wow. from like etsy from 
you know, I've found so many incredibly talented people on like, Instagram or on Etsy. Yeah. And I thought there's literally no point in me designing something Fair. because I sat down and I tried to make some drawings. And at first I wanted the flowers in my, my rose crown mm-hmm. because I wanted flowers to represent the deadly nightshade plants. Yeah. And even though roses are quite different, you know, it's still still something floral. Um, so I'd sit down and, and do a couple of sketches. And then I came to look on Etsy and I was like, pretty much everything I can imagine. Is I'm an Etsy like junkie, literally. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. You know if you can make wish lists on Etsy. Yes. Yes. Can you? Yeah, you can make you can make um yeah, you can also make you can make separate lists. People have like public lists that you can view. That's how I've gotten ideas for other things because it pops up in my recommendations. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's such a rabbit hole. Like I just I spend hours on Etsy looking at different incredible pieces and all sorts, thinking how can I incorporate this into my wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, but- I'm I'm I have a, I've dabbled into a lot of not dabbled but I've really got into the the witchy stuff lately. So I my crystal I don't know if you're into crystals or whatever whatever, but I my crystal collection has grown. I have like a moon water jar. I have so many things now because of Etsy. Um, oh, so it just, cool. I I I love it though. But to kind of close things out, you know, we mentioned your character, your gear, your, your essence in wrestling kind of leans into a darker kind of realm. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, what activities or things outside of wrestling bring you light, bring you joy? <laughs> oh, that is such a cute question. Well, I just try and be as Outside of wrestling, I try and be as joyful and grateful and happy. You are. You are a very joyful person. I can verify (laughs) I just think every day I really try and do things and find things that make me joyful. And and I find a lot of times actually in the little moments, like having time to make a lovely breakfast or being able to sit outside with your coffee or just the, the really silly, simple things. But... I love makeup. I've always been really interested in makeup. And that's something that I find very enjoyable in my downtime. And again, something I find really interesting with wrestling. Like I've had some photo shoots where I've done like this crazy elaborate makeup and I don't know how I somehow pulled it off. <laughs> uh, and then I love the photographs and I think, yeah, no one's ever going to see me wrestle like this because it took me two hours to do this makeup. <laughs> And I'm probably never going to be able to duplicate it. Um, but that is something that makes me very happy. And again, just like spending time with my, with my friends and family, really. I'm quite a social person outside of wrestling. So I just love spending quality time with my friends. Whatever activity they want to do, I'm usually down for. So I, I can also verify that she sometimes doesn't sleep because she'll message me at like, I think it's like two or three or four in the morning your time sometimes i've done that too though so i i can't really blame you on that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's usually when i can have a line the next day mm, fair enough fair yeah enough. so it's like even though i've stayed up late it's like i will definitely get my yeah. good sleep in like just i don't have to wake up early You're not nocturnal okay that's good to know no <laughs> no especially not compared to some of my friends some of my friends will stay up all night and then wake up early for like the next day and I'm like, how how are you doing this? I I don't know. I mean, I've done it like a handful of times, but not like often, you know, not often. I, I used to always do it when the pay-per-views 
were on and yeah, yeah. it was on a Sunday yeah. because the UK time it would literally finish at like five o'clock six o'clock yeah, in the morning it started at like 1 a.m your time yeah 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 so even sometimes even getting there would be a struggle and that's when you know it's gonna be a rough night like I know. if you're struggling to even stay up until yeah. the start yeah. time and then there's like four hours of wrestling yeah. to yeah. watch See, that's how I feel about some of the Japan shows, because I think Mm -hmm. here, some of them started like four, two, three, four a.m. I'm just like, I can't. Like, I tried to the one time I was like falling asleep by one o'clock, and I think it started at like two or three, and I was like, I can't make it. Especially if you're by yourself. Yeah, I was by myself. I often, a lot of the times for the pay fees, I like make my sister watch it with me or make my friends watch it with me. And then we make it a bit more of a party. Yeah. And like we'll get some snacks in or we'll order takeaway or we'll maybe make some cocktails or some drinks. And because it's more of like a social event, I find it's a lot easier to stay mm-hmm. up when you're just like by yourself, especially if you're in bed, like on your laptop. Yeah. That's like disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just fall asleep in bed. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way you can make it. Uh, and this is the amazing thing about wrestling now. There's so many ways to watch wrestling. I know. Like it, it's almost overwhelming how much wrestling content there is out there. Which is why I try to designate a day or a night where I don't watch any of it because it, it's just yeah. too much at times. To be honest with you, definitely you can't definitely. do it every day. Yeah, like I definitely went through stages of like not even really watching the popular shows at yeah. all. Because I find as when you're in it and like you will completely understand this, like when you yeah. are in it so much around it so much, sometimes you really just need a break from it. Mm-hmm. And it and also when you are a performer, it's like you're always analyzing it. Yeah, and studying. Sometimes you get, yeah, you're yeah. always studying, you're doing much studying. And I had to kind of take a step back away from it to be able to actually just fully enjoy it again. Yeah. And like now I watch wrestling completely as a fan. And I don't even try to analyze the the moves and critique That's the matches. Good. I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy watching this because I love wrestling. Yeah, that that's a good thing. It's kind of hard to sometimes flip that switch off, but that's good yeah, that I you've know. been able to do that. And Nightshade, of course, as always, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Before we let you go, can you let the listeners know know where they can find you on social media? Of course, I am Nightshade Wrestler on Instagram. Nightshade Wrestler on Facebook, Nightshade PW on Twitter. I've also made a TikTok, which I kind of don't really post on very often, but there are videos and there will be more videos on there. And I believe that's Nightshade Wrestler also. I'm Nightshade Wrestler on Patreon. If you want to join me and get that real exclusive look into all of the backstage content, a day-to-day life of being a female wrestler, and it's the best way to keep in touch with all of my trips because I like literally vlog all of my trips when I go away for my Patreons. And she's and got a cool course, photo shoots on there. Yes, so many cool photo shoots. And I have brand new merchandise coming out right now as well, which you can find on Nightshade Wrestler Big Cartel. .com. Nightshade, thank you so much for chatting with me again. It's been thank a pleasure catching me. up with you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Definitely. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we get you back in the States here or I somehow can make it over to the UK. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh, absolutely. Because you've never been, have you? No. 
I have so many friends over the dean. I've had a bunch of them tell me like, you can stay with me. It's like, I love you oh. guys. Why this, this, this ocean is just in the way. <laughs> yeah, you have to come over. You will absolutely love it. I know, I hope so. 2024, so I hope. I hope. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Maybe next year. In the meantime, and if though. You, do, you have to let me know. Oh, I will. Like, you top have of my to. list. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Better be. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much again. Thank you.